Thank you for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. We were invited to first class. Now we're inviting executive platinum, platinum, emerald, sapphire, and ruby. If those words are written on your boarding card, please come forward. Hey, hey, this is Rika, your host of Catch Flights, Not Feelings. Hey, hey. I'm back with another episode of Catch Flights, Not Feelings, with your host, Rika. Today, we are covering Spain Part 2, or as I like to call it, Barcelona. Yay! I'm so excited about this. Um, this, actually, this whole trip, uh, majority of it, somehow I planned and met up with a friend in one way or another, and I was really really lucky to have that opportunity because most of the time when I do visit somewhere um I don't I don't really get to see them I don't get to see a lot of people I usually do a lot of solo traveling and it's pretty much in and out or meet whoever I see uh and get to know them and or get to know the city that I'm in so this was a really great opportunity for me as I was traveling through Spain. And so Barcelona, um, gosh, what a beautiful, beautiful city. And I had chosen to do a lot of those hop on, hop off bus tours. And this was one of those great opportunities because you got to see a lot of Spain in a short amount of time. And usually those take about 90 minutes to a tour you know, get the highlighted tours and then you can hop off wherever you want. It's roughly around 20, 25 bucks. Um, really great deal, to be honest. And I'm, I was really honored and grateful that I had that opportunity to do that. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so coming from Bilbao, I took, um, I took a train back to Madrid. Actually, did I? I think I might have taken a flight um, from Barcelona to. No, 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 no. I took a. I took a train. Yes, sorry. Uh, so I took a train from uh, Bilbao or Saint San Sebastian uh, to Barcelona. So hopped on that train for couple of hours got to sightsee once again and uh, a little tidbit I forgot to say in the last one is I I think I did tell you but I took a train from uh, Madrid to San Sebastian and it's so cool Um, if you ever get an opportunity to take a train do it because it slows you down it gives you that time and luxury to be able to look at the scenery, look at the small little towns that you're passing by that no one really recognizes because you're up in a plane usually and you're usually going to the bigger cities. So this was a great opportunity to be able to see all the little cities in between. And so, yeah, took a train from San Sebastian to Barcelona and uh i hopped on nope i got an uber i believe uber or a taxi uh coming out of the barcelona train station and headed to my hotel and so once again like i said i was um i um 
was a travel agent so I was able to get another great deal on a hotel stay there and so the hotel that I stayed in in Barcelona so I stayed at the Four Points by Sheridan Barcelona Diagonal so it was slightly in the center of the city um, but not too much where I but not too far from the city center where I couldn't you know where I wasn't able to get to a lot of things but um, so I got a great view of the hotel and the city um, and I was basically like right I want to say I was right near you know a mall and kind of right where you know it was nice and quaint so I didn't miss out on much and um, I kind of just picked one at random one of the cheaper ones because I knew that I was preparing and saving up for another another great hotel in in, um, in London so um, this was like I said kind of a long trip plan based off of where I was going but so um going to Barcelona I did the hop on hop off tours I ended up doing a lot of sightseeing and um tours this way so um I got to see of course the uh, Sagrada Familia um which was breathtaking that it is so beautiful it is so grand and the fact that it is still not finished after a very long time um it's crazy to me but um they said they should back when i was there they said they were trying to finish it in the next 10 years um after the 100 year mark after they had after the original architect had started building it um i don't know if of course covid hundred that or whatnot but you know that's that's kind of where that was left off and you could see which parts needed to be finished based off of this little reconstruction made at the front so you got to step in and see how beautiful the scenery and the reflection was so i went right around sunset and so if you go in one of the the areas at a certain part of the day you can see how the reflection of the windows reflect on the inside so it's kind of like a rainbow going on in there it's really really beautiful and of course like i said i'm i'll put these on my instagram story so you can kind you can kind of relive it through my eyes and i i love to cook and i love to eat uh the the native foods as much as I can and so I I booked a interactive Spanish cooking experience uh, so we made Spanish paella so it's a mixture is a rice dish originally from Valencia so for this reason many non-Spaniards view it as a Spain's as Spain's national dish but Spaniards almost unanimously consider it to be a dish from Valencia re region so it's white rice uh it usually comes with um it's made up of with chicken and um, seafood and it's just made in this big big pot and so i met a couple i met a few other people there um which 
I, I love. Um, as you know, I'm a very social person when I travel, apparently. And so I got, I was able to meet up with these people and they were the ones who told me about Scott's cheap flights and how they got a cheap flight here and I was like wow that's awesome I I found a cheap flight through um flights deals and it's so interesting how many different um businesses there are that do the searching for us for great flight deals and you know, I was just really grateful for that. And so uh, that's how I got into Scott's Cheap Flights. But anyways, um, so I took a, a Spanish cooking class one day. I, I visited the Sagrada Familia. Uh, I visited the Casa Milia by Gaudi and Park Guel uh, by Gaudi as well. I kind of did a... a Gaudi tour I guess you could say and so it's really awesome because a lot of these places that he built you can tell that the whole city in a way built around it and because it was so so big and so so Gaudi like I guess you could say um and so the being able to visit those sceneries and those spots uh the casa Amelia was really awesome because there's actually people that live there still in the apartment building and the apartment complex so you have to be mindful of that and so when i got to visit um casa Amelia, uh so you had to be mindful of the people that were living there still and kind of the way they routed you through them through the house all the way up to the rooftop to see the beautiful sights of the city was like a maze it was really truly like a maze and getting to see how they lived in the past and all of Gaudi's work um, it's basically a museum dedicated to Gaudi through this apartment complex and museum and it's really amazing to see uh, and be able to see that. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I spent a little bit of time. So I got to see both Casamila and Park Guell uh, all in one day. And we had a great tour guide. And, you know, we got to take a little lunch break. So there was Spanish tapas in this one place that I went to go see or eat at and uh it was really really good and I think that's where I fell in love with tapas uh because hey who doesn't love tapas uh great quick meals um you can drink wine with it and you you kind of just go from there you know it's it's all these um it's just these quick little bite-sized meals that are that are pretty awesome too to experience and so um when you're in spain i highly advise you to go see or to go try tapas uh as many places as you can because each each place has their own different type of way they do tapas and it's it's pretty awesome um and it's it's delicious it's delectable so a lot of people don't think that it'll ever be finished. <laughs> um, yep, they said it was to be completed this year, but I do think because of COVID 
um, that it's stopped most likely, but if it's anything like the United States, construction definitely just increased during COVID times. So, um, yeah, so Grotto Familia was, construction began in 1882, and of course, so they were trying to get that done, um, 200 years later, I guess, um, after, after the delay of many delays, but they couldn't find the funding, I believe, for it. A lot of people didn't want to contribute to it. Um, but yeah, so, and then Park, or Casamila was built next in 1912, and then Park Guel was built in 1926. So Park Guel, Guel, I guess you can say, um, it's a pretty awesome, massive, um, park that um, is a public park system um, composed of gardens and architectural elements located on this this hill at the top of the city um, in Barcelona and so you have to yeah you either have to, to bus up or you can walk up um, but luckily we got a bus um, and UNESCO of course declared this park a world heritage site uh, back in 1984 so the bark park was built from 1900 to 1914 and officially opened to the public in 1926 so it took around 14 years for Gaudi to build this larger-than-life park there is another Gaudi house museum in the in the park itself and you're basically just walking along and exploring all the little nooks and crannies of what Gaudi built in this in this park. Um, there's mosaics on the wall. There's these amazing architectural animals throughout the the um, park and the entrance. Um, he really liked the whole way of the the move of the water and nature and that's how he wanted you to feel like one with nature and so you can really tell he put a lot of thought into this and and the way it should flow and um yeah and just all the all the really specific details um the different mosaics that he's built and the tile and the intricate details that you see walking throughout the park is really breathtaking and um if you if you get a chance and go tour it definitely get to the top where there's this panoramic view of the entrance of the park as well as kind of barcelona too so I highly, highly recommend you going to do that, getting a photo of yourself, um, and seeing that view because it's, it's breathtaking and it's, it, it's history. It's true history and you get to experience it in, in all its luxury. And so that's just one of my, uh, that, that came, became one of my favorite places, I think. And so, yeah, I took advantage of a lot of tours and getting to know the place because I really wanted to know a lot about the history of of Barcelona and the the infrastructure and just Gaudi itself because I'm such a huge um art art buff um this was kind of just a walking memorial to to Gaudi um, all across Barcelona 
and like I said the hop on hop off bus tour is something that you guys should really consider when you're traveling anywhere if if they have it definitely I recommend going and trying it because you get a lot of history and information in one little tidbit and especially if you only have maybe a couple of days to tour the city um definitely try and do that um most most major cities do have it and um yeah I just think they're really great a uh, way to get a quick tidbit of touring and then you can kind of hop off when you where you want and I always try to find to get on a different bus each time because tour guides say totally different things and they make it their own and they have their own history too because they live there so um I think it's always great to hear from from locals and tour guides um, alike as they go through this and so when I was in Barcelona I actually I think it was Barcelona um, yeah in Barcelona I met up with my uh, friend from high school that I played basketball with and her family because they were there for um, her husband's um, trip uh, I mean schooling so uh, I was able to meet up with them and see them when I was in Barcelona so I thought that was really awesome because I hadn't seen them in forever I hadn't seen her in forever and she had just had her baby I believe um probably a little bit a little bit before that so it's nice to be able to catch up with her have brunch um she showed me a little bit around and showed me the park a little park that they like to visit and yeah I was just really grateful for these opportunities and so that was my little trip to Barcelona and at this point in time I'm gonna bid you adieu until I meet you in Madrid. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This podcast has been edited by Rika herself. Thank you, and I will see you every other Thursday on Catch Flights Not Feelings. At this time, I'm going to ask you to fasten your seatbelt. Hey, hey. Today, I'm going to talk about overhead bins and how to utilize them properly from my point of view. Now, I know recently that United just updated their oversized overhead bins and man oh man, uh, I need every, every other line to replace that because they offer so much more space and it's so much more convenient. You don't have to lift as much or lift as high when you're placing your bags in the overhead bin. But for those of you who do not know how to properly stow away your overhead bins, let me give you some tips. It needs to go in sideways. It needs to go in long ways, like a hot dog. So lay it up on its side and slide it in, wheels first. So then when you take it out, you can grab it from the top handle and grab it from the other handle on the side. That makes it easy for you to 
retrieve your over your luggage from the overhead bin. Now when you put it down on its backside or its front side, that does not leave room for a lot of people to put their luggage in that same bin. So then, in my mind, you are inconsiderate of others because you don't consider their space. You're only considering yours. And that's just rude in my mind. So the way to do it is on its side. So then you can properly format that you can at least put three or four in the same bin if they're all properly sized in the correct way. Now don't be putting your sweaters and your small bags there unless you're in an exit row or in a front row that doesn't have under um, under seat storage. That's just taking up more space as well and that's once again being inconsiderate. You can put that stuff in your lap or underneath your seat um, by your feet. Don't be taking up space that could be utilized for someone else's luggage. That's where I think a lot of issues come because people get angry that they don't have enough space for their overhead luggage. Um, and I know they announce it pretty much on every flight. You know, this is a full flight. So if you have, a, uh, if you have luggage that you're willing to check at the gate, please feel free to do so because we may not have enough overhead bin storage. And that's mostly true most of the time that is true um if you're one of the last people that board you're may not gonna you may not have space to put your luggage in the overhead bin and that's why they try and give you this opportunity ahead of time before you even get on the plane because then you have to backtrack and hand off your luggage so most of the time if you can check that luggage or if you're in that first group of seating why not but Try and be as considerate as you can when boarding a plane and stowing your luggage in the overhead bins because you can also maximize on space for others and just helping out others as best as you can. And that is my little tidbit. Uh, um, and that's just, you know, common sense. Um, that's considerate. That's being courteous. And that's you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is what I see when people are, but, um, when people are loading onto the plane, I, it just really bugs me. And I hope that this, this helps others when you are traveling to do it that proper way as best as you can. And as sensitive as, or not as sensitive, but as considerate as you can be. Um, and that is my delayed flight segment with Rika. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening to Catch Flights, Not Feelings with your host, Rika.